Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. Yes, 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 yes. No, just like Duck, Duck, Goose, when we say yes too often, saying no is jarring and shocks those around us. Will even knew it was coming and I saw his face kind of move a little bit there. It seems to be ingrained in us from an early age that saying no to someone is rude and that you shouldn't do it. However, saying yes to every request leads to an unfulfilled life. In this episode, we take a look at what it means to say no. We'll talk about why you want to learn to say no, some scenarios when you should say no, and a few tips and tricks for saying no. But before we get started, Will, what have you said no to this week? I don't know that I've had to say no to much so far. Um, <laughs> also, past Friday was you know Good Friday. Beach came to my parents' house, and we actually met and planned stuff out for the podcast for what five hours, roughly, something like that. Yeah, I mean, we had two meals in there uh, as mm-hmm. part of it. We just kept going, so that was good. We haven't had a a long face to face meeting and like discuss strategy at a deep level in quite a while. And so it kind of is helpful for getting things back towards a goal. During uh, the middle of all that, my wife was out running and got bitten by a 16-year-old dog. And so we've given her no end of grief about, you know, the the speed of her running. Uh, you, know, more, <laughs> you know, more than likely, I mean, the dog seemed like it was, it was spry. I saw the dog. So it's like, okay, the dog might be 16 years old, but it still moves. So she had to go and, you know, get shots and, you know, file a police report and do all this other stuff. And then Saturday, I rode around where my dad deer hunts. He's got this farm that Fun. he deer hunts on. Yeah. And so it's up at the upper end of Rocky River uh, near McMinnville. And yeah, there, there's a nice like secluded pool with a waterfall and all this, this, you know, really pretty country up in there that most people don't have access to. Uh, so it's just kind of neat to do that. And, you know, my daughter went with us. So that was it was fun. How about you? I have been working on creating a CSV from a dictionary of key value pairs that potentially will be different every time it's called. In the past, I've had to like I've I've done created CSVs before, usually using NuGet package. I think it was CSV helper or something. Mm-hmm. But that requires you have a plain old class object to do it. Like you have to have kind of like that data transfer so they can map it. Doesn't work with a, a dictionary of string string or string object or something, you know? So that uh, that was a bit of a pain figuring that out. Got that figured out. And um, the third party that we're using, they have a custom class for their IDs. It basically just wraps a GUID. Yeah. But when they send it back, when you call to get the list of properties and they send that back, it uh, it comes back as that object, not as a GUID. So I had to go in and update the code to to do that. And like the list of like the list of properties and values for them don't include the data type. So I couldn't just like, all right, all the ones that are of this ID data type convert them. No, I had to do like this whole get a list of like a separate list of all the the properties and their data types. Oh, man, it was a mess. 
and I just figured it out, got it working, got like the edge cases kind of resolved this afternoon, actually a little bit after I was supposed to end the day. And I was like, oh, goodness, I got it working. I'm good. You know, I just got like tomorrow. I've got to put all the pieces together and I'll, I'll actually have, you know, it working. It's taken me almost twice as long as I expected to do this piece. But then I realized I was in the wrong branch and tried to to switch branches and lost everything. I thought that I had like, I was like, all right, I'm going to copy the new code that I wrote. That way, in case something happens, it's there uh, on the clipboard. Yeah, it'll clear the clipboard sometimes when it switches branches. Yeah. Or when, you know, Visual Studio crashes because you switch branches. That has happened. Yeah, it's been doing that a lot lately. Yeah, I know. Merging master into a branch crashes it. Yep. Yeah, I've I've been having lots of issues with Visual Studio. I have found though with with master cuz usually what I'll do is I will switch to the master branch, do a pull to make sure I've got the most up to date, then I'll switch back and merge master in. And I found if if I just try to do it at the pace I normally would do it, it crashes, but if I like stop, stand up, walk around the office and come back and then try to merge master in, it works. It's like, you know, it just There's can't something in the background happening. Yeah, there is. Yeah, cuz I'll go I'll go stretch my back. I usually pull master then jump over to the feature branch, pull it because other people are merging in there too. Yeah. Branch yeah. off of it, merge down, push up and pull request. Yeah, the waiting definitely helps. But you know, the waiting is the hardest part. Got to throw a little Tom Petty in there for you. Speaking of waiting, my professor for parallel programming that I'm taking uh, pushed the due date for my next assignment and our research papers, which is nice because I was legitimately getting stressed and I'd already skipped a few social things to work on them. And so that is a bit of a relief. I still have a lot of work to do, but I'm not under as much of a time crunch as I was afraid. And so that's going to allow me to get to go play paintball this weekend. It'd be good to get their frustrations out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. One of the one of the the men's small groups at church uh, is doing that. I'm so like the way it works, we have like you have a small group that has a small group leader and then you have small group coaches that kind of like serve the leaders of the small groups. And then we all the coaches, we all report to, you know, the head of the small groups, the team lead. And it's like she's like our coach. But uh, so I'm since it's a men's group, I'm the only guy that's a coach. So I'm coaching this this group and i'm very excited because i haven't been able to go to many of their events because they're it's a saturday morning breakfast group and they like go around to different things and sometimes they'll they've been to some car shows and stuff like that on saturday mornings and uh, i have responsibilities on the tech team on saturday mornings that have prevented me from going so this one is in the afternoon and i'm really excited because i get to go (laughs) nice so we want to give a shout out to our patreon supporters uh welcome dirk thank you for your support it's because of listeners like you that we're able to create this show yeah we we really appreciate you and all of our other supporters out there on patreon far too often when faced with a personal request that we don't want to do or may not have capacity we acquiesce or according to the dictionary accept something reluctantly without protest We don't want to disappoint others or we want to maintain a relationship. So we end up saying yes when we really want to say no. For some people, the image of being a helpful, can-do person is more important than their own health. 
They'll give up sleep, family time, or other hobbies to maintain that image of the helpful person. Unfortunately, saying yes too often corrodes relationships and damages our ability to actually be helpful. It leads to resentment towards the person asking of us and prevents us from being able to do the things that we want or need to do for our own self-care. Learning to say no when appropriate can be difficult for someone who spent their life trying to please people or who sees themselves as that can-do helper who's always willing to put in the extra work. For them, saying no is not only foreign, but it may even be worse than swearing or cursing at someone and just like going off the rails on. However, by learning to say no, they will begin setting boundaries that will help them to have healthier relationships. They'll also gain a better sense of themselves and what it takes for them to recharge and be the most productive, most helpful they can be. In this episode, we dive into saying no and why it is an important skill to learn. We start off talking about the importance of saying no and what you gain from having that ability. Then we'll discuss times when you know you need to say no. Finally, we'll provide some tips and tricks for actually doing it. In the aftercast, we're going to look at why we say yes too often and talk about how to say no in a few different scenarios. Do you need help saying no to bad financial situations? Lucas Casares is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Just like us here at Complete Developer Podcast, he focuses on helping you not only establish a real plan, but taking action on that plan and helping you live your best life. Investing in financial planning services really comes down to whether or not you can improve your finances with the help of Level Up. The compounding impact of making better financial decisions will easily pay for itself. Now, it's really cool because Lucas has a unique pricing model with Level Up that will help you no matter where you are in your financial journey. If you're just starting out, he has plans and pricing models specific to that. Or if you've been at this for several years, he has models and plans for you as well. Lucas is a fiduciary for his clients, which means he's not here to sell you a product, but to help guide you to a better financial situation. In other words, instead of saying no to something that somebody's trying to sell, you're saying yes to a better financial position. Exactly. And you guys can find some fun, free resources and learn a whole lot more at levelupfinancialplanning.com. So let's uh, talk about the importance of saying no. You're not a terrible, horrible, evil person for saying no. However, you might feel like one. Yeah. Uh, Many people have the misinformed belief that they're being rude or selfish if they say no to someone. They believe saying no is impolite and people will not like them if they don't acquiesce to others. Yeah. Go ahead. Say it. You want to complain about the word acquiesce? No, I don't actually. It's it's peppered throughout the the episode. I am. Oh, I was writing the outline and just like that. I'm like, I want to use this word. So I I could just I could just hit control F and say no or control H and say no to it. Right. Yeah. There you go. You know, it's real easy. But uh, yeah, there's um, now for some people saying no is not difficult. And uh, for them, the this section may or may not be as useful. The when to say no and the tips are going to be very useful because if, if you're comfortable saying no, you might be saying it too often and you might be missing out on opportunities. Um, this episode is primarily for those of us like me who view ourselves as the helper, who want to be there and help other people and have a tendency to say yes way too often. 
Yeah, that uh, that's also a tendency that I have. Um, I don't have it as much as I used to because, like you, I had to learn to get past it. Mm-hmm. And, and so this resonates quite a bit because it really felt like I was being a selfish, horrible person for having boundaries and going, no, I can't do that because that... You know, that makes it where I can't get to work in the morning or that, you know, that's going to cost me a bunch of money or it's going to you know do whatever. Yeah. I actually said no to you while working on this outline. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm aware of that. <laughs> like, dude, it's just a five minute thing. <laughs> I was it's overwhelmed. Fine. But what's yeah. funny is like after I said that to you is when I found out about uh, my professor pushing it. Like I got the notification that he pushed it back and I was like, oh, well, now I can. <laughs> The answer to Will is still no. (laughs) So the thing about this is, for a lot of us, this stems from childhood. um, Because it was considered rude or impolite to say no to parents, teachers, any kind of authority or adult figure. And what happens is this this can grow into a belief that you cannot say no. Even when you want to say no, that you shouldn't because it means that you're being rude or you're being bad. Yeah. And this, this is something that kind of bothers me about the way early childhood education does things, especially in regard to sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's a lot of times that the kid gets pressured into sharing when it's, you know, it's their favorite toy and, Oh, you got to share it with this kid. That's going to damage it because otherwise it would be rude. And like those kind of things, I feel like that does grow into an adult tendency to either be more selfish or to be selfless to a degree that it's damaging. Yeah. I mean, in those situations, I've actually thought a lot about these. And I don't remember if it was my parents or one of my or my aunt who told me if you don't want them to play with it, put that put those toys away. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I remember that because I can remember I had some friends who I had some friends who were even more careful than I was with my toys. And I had some who weren't, and I would, I'd just be like, all right, well, that's just not even an option to play with. It's like, you're not going to see me playing with it and be like, I want to play with that. It's going to be away and we'll play with these things that, you know, are not, of course, I was always the kid that was like, Hey, check out my favorite toy. Let's play with it together because I was more about the playing together than the toy itself. But that's me. Um, yeah. In childhood, you are expected to acquiesce to a higher authority, that adult figure, the parent, the teacher, so forth, because for the most part, they're looking out for your best interests, or at least they think they are. Uh, however, as an adult, you're capable of making your own choices and saying no to things that uh, you do not want or you don't have the capacity to do. Um, and, and it's a matter of choice. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of part of growing up as a person that you have to disassociate the act of saying no with being disagreeable or selfish because it's really not. It's it's almost a thing of prioritization, you know, like there comes a point where you're going to look around and you're going, okay, if I don't start saying no to some stuff, there's a lot of stuff I can't say yes to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is very true. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in uh, another point down a little lower. Yep. Actually, I had I had five points under this one. Um, and one of them was saying no means that you're saying yes to something else. But I only had like it, it didn't have very much under it. So I combined it with another one. So, yeah, that, that's that's funny you mentioned that because I literally had a point that said that and combined it. You know, for well, we share a brain cell. We do. We do. Oh. Aaron must be thinking the same thing and going, why am I thinking yeah. about that? <laughs> You know, there's a saying no is also kind of core to being respectful to other people and to yourself. Um, like, yeah, which ultimately you're not going to be able to res- respect other people yeah. if you don't respect yourself, at least not really. 
when you say that you don't want to do something, you're showing the other person that you respect yourself and them enough to be honest. You know, one thing you and I have several people that we don't really deal with much anymore um, because of this, but they tended to say yes to things and then not follow through Mm -hmm. when you're depending on them. And it would have been much better in a lot of those cases to uh, for them to just said no because then you can plan around it yeah um that's that's something that gets very frustrating because like and it's something that i i have to watch out for because if i say yes to something i'm going to do it i'm like that is like ingrained in me and so i have to i have to watch out because i do know people like some of the same people that will's talking about who you know they will say yes in the moment because they don't they don't want to come off as rude or something like that. And then when it gets down to it, they're like, I'm overwhelmed. Like they didn't have that self-realization to be like, hey, I'm not going to be able to do that. I've got three other things planned at the same time. I can't say yes to to doing that. Yeah, it's like even if I could buy locate, I couldn't <laughs> do all of them. Acquiescence, even on minor issues, eventually leads to resentment. You know, over time, this will destroy relationships, whether they're romantic friendships or work related. Yeah. And I think everybody probably by their thirties has had two or three of those, um, where they were around somebody that was constantly asking for stuff and they were doing, you know, they're saying yes. And then you just, one day you just snap and you're Mm -hmm. just done and it, it will, it piles up and it, it doesn't, the resentment is there, but it doesn't snap until it snaps so hard that it just, yeah, a lot of times it can, and it, it depends on your personality type. Um, some people they'll, they'll kind of keep it low and let it bubble. Um, others, they're going to snap sooner. I mean, it takes, it takes me a while to get to that point, but once I do, I'm, I'm done. And, and so I have to be kind of careful about this. You know, the other thing too, is like, when you say no, when it is appropriate to say no, it's also a really good step to defining healthy relationship boundaries. You start a process that will lead to, you know, better, more healthy relationships in your life. I mean, we've kind of had this on the podcast, right? Like early on, neither of us was very good about saying no when the other one mm-hmm. suggested something. And, you know, it was a flashpoint several times. And we finally realized, hey, if, if we just go, hey, this doesn't seem smart. This doesn't seem right. Or I can't do that right now. It, it avoids so much headache you know, later on. Yeah, uh, that's that is very, very good. It, it's and I think we've had an episode on boundaries, haven't we? I believe we had to. If not, we need to because we talk about them a lot. But I'm pretty sure we've had an episode on setting boundaries and like December 2018. Well, looked it up for us. Um, But yeah, like learning to say no is going to be the first step. It's going to be the biggest step in setting boundaries because saying no is it's enforcing the boundary. Yeah. Well, I mean, like if you think like all the stuff we talked about Friday, as far as the long-term goals in the podcast, if neither of us was saying no, like there's a lot of ideas, right? Like we talked a long time and went through a whole bunch of stuff. Can you imagine if we didn't say no? And it wasn't like no forever. It's like, mm-hmm. you can't do that right now. Well, that's like when I said no to you yeah. earlier, like yesterday when I was working on this, I was yeah. like, I like, I've got too much to do this week. I can look at it this weekend. Well, and you notice how re like initially I was wanting you to like really dig through it. And it's like, well, I could just say, here's the approach I took. Yeah. Can I go ahead? And like that, that's an appro- appropriate response to someone saying no. Yeah. It doesn't mean the thing doesn't happen. It just means that, okay, well, you maybe yeah. get less input for a little while. <laughs> Having this sort of respect for yourself and others and enforcing appropriate boundaries, it's not only going to affect you, but it will set an example for others in your life to model and build healthier relationships. So you start establishing those boundaries. People will see that and go, oh, well, if he can say no to me, then I can say no to him. Yeah. And then they get in the habit and they can Mm -hmm. say no to somebody else too. 
Um, cause I feel like there's a virality to this, like the, the notion that we should be kind and nice. It's important, but it has become a cultural thing that is maybe not helpful in a lot of cases. Like we do a lot in Western civilization to enable very, very destructive things. And it mostly starts yeah, with not the thing is no. you can be kind and nice and still say no. I, I've had that. I had some really cool ideas for, for something. And I asked a friend of mine. Just several years ago, I asked a friend of mine to to help out with it because I thought she'd be great at at working on this project. And she's like, sounds really fascinating, but I am not interested. And you know what? We're still friends, you know, and we've we've collaborated on other things. But that particular one, she's like, sounds really cool. I'm not really interested. And yeah, nothing else was said about it, you know, moved on. It's it's funny, too, like that, you know, that little bit of truthfulness, like if you're you're giving appropriate feedback and people can work with feedback when you give incorrect feedback, the system gets dumber. Another important thing about saying no is if you're not able to care for yourself, then you're not going to be able to care for others. So the whole reason you're wanting to say yes is to be helpful and care for others. And in order to be able to provide the best for others in your life, you're going to need to be able to recharge yourself and take time that you need for self-care. Yeah. And I mean, this can, this can be very interesting Mm -hmm. in family circumstances. For instance, there are some people, um, in a branch of my family and I'm being intentionally vague because I don't think any of them listen, but you never know. But there's a, there's a dude there that's got some kids and the kids are older than me. But when his kids were young, he spent all of his time doing charity work and doing work at the church and doing all this other stuff. It's like, hey, you're helping all these people out. But his kids yeah. grew up screwed up because they didn't they basically yeah. didn't have a father figure in the house. And, you know, they didn't have like healthy relationships and their mother was overloaded because, you know, multiple kids in the house. And, you know, had he said no to some of the other things, he could have said yes to things that would have made it so that his kids weren't yeah. still suffering when they're in their 40s. Yeah. With parents or any kind of caregiver, it can be extremely difficult to say no, especially when you're used to putting the needs of others before your own. So with this particular person, he probably had been doing that before he had kids and that like that defined who he was. Yep, it absolutely did. Yeah. Still does. Yeah, I know. I know some people like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it it's it's hard to say no, especially when like you're used to always saying yes. And I'm like recently... We had um, several of our uh, senior leadership at church were uh, diagnosed with COVID or got a positive COVID test, I don't know, whatever. And so we actually canceled most of our weekend services and we did one online streaming thing. And so I got a Saturday off. The first time I've had a Saturday off other than when I was sick since COVID started. Um, it was over a year. And wow, I forgot what it was like to actually have a day off. And so... I, I said to yeah. like, cause like I, I said, when this started, I was like, schedule me as much as you need. I'm here whenever and stuff. And after that, I said to my team lead, I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to expect you to know when I need a break, but I might every two or three months, just block off a day to take for myself. And she was like, honestly, I I'm surprised you're the first one to want to do that. She's like, the others are more introverted than you. And like, I could see them wanting to do that before you. I'm like last Saturday, it just, it kind of opened my eyes to it. And like, we've got enough people that, you know, we can, we can make that happen once every now and then. And so, um, I was like, and if the others need, like the other leaders need to take a day, I'll step into their roles 
where I can. Uh, I'm not yet trained on the board, but yeah. And I think, you know, with that situation, you've also got uh, something else interesting going on, too, because if you take a break, the other people on the Mm -hmm. team can cross train. Like there's there's a lot of situations in corporate environments or in uh, like media production type things where if somebody doesn't take a break, when they finally get to the point that they have to, things really go wrong, you know, versus uh, the more anti-fragile approach of having appropriate breaks. Um, So it's definitely uh, worth doing. I'm glad you did that. So lastly, under like the importance of saying no is that saying no is a zero sum game. When you say no to one thing, you are saying yes to another. I told you I had this in here. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and I've had this discussion so many times. You have a finite amount of time and sometimes saying no to one person is saying yes to yourself. Other times it's saying yes to something that's more important. Like the guy you were talking about, if you're always saying yes, then your priorities become second place to those of others. You know, people you barely know are going to take your time and leave little or none for the important people in your life. That's why my phone's on silent. I mean, I I know my priorities. That's one of the things I, I review those on a regular basis just to make sure that not only they're still priorities, but that what I'm doing is is in line with them and in line with my own goals. When you politely decline an invitation to an event, you're saying yes to spending that time on something else, um, something more important, hopefully, but not that event. Uh, sometimes that's something you enjoy more. And sometimes it's homework. Sometimes it's just, hey, I'm not going to do anything or um, I would rather, you know, watch paint dry than go <laughs> to this event. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The thing is, is when you, um, you know, get time for rest and recovery, you get frustrated very, very quickly and that bleeds into other areas of your life. And so I, I frequently get, uh, kind of pushed a little bit about the boundaries that I have as far as my time. It's like, no, I'm, I'm doing this thing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had this discussion Friday, um, you know, at, at one point because there was, there was some stuff that came up. It's like, oh, we need to go deal with this. And it's like, no, we're having a planning meeting that that thing is fine without me being involved, you know, and it was okay. And sometimes you kind of have to uh, set stuff up like that. Otherwise, you're constantly getting jerked around by other people's priorities and you will grow very frustrated and resentful about it. And you'll probably screw up all the things you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to if you're not careful, saying yes to to too much is going to lead to this negative feedback loop that consumes all your time. And then you're not able to say yes to the things that matter. Yeah. And and you and I both have done the thing, too, where like you say no and you feel bad about it. And so you or, or you, you say yes and you resent and then you feel bad about it. So you say yes more. Yeah. Like I said, it's got virality or something going on there. So let's talk about when to say no, uh, because that's probably uh, very important. Uh, So this could be a bad feeling about it or something more substantial, like question of legality or morality of the request. The thing is, don't ignore your initial gut reaction to a request. Yeah. Your, your gut feelings are there for a reason. They kept you from getting eaten. (laughs) thousands of years they're still there for a reason that's just yeah. the predators intuition the is not rational but that does not mean it shouldn't be trusted you know when you get a gut reaction you don't have to explain why you're saying no we'll talk more about that in a little bit but you know if you're just like i'm not comfortable with this that's good enough or not not right now i i don't really want to that is perfectly acceptable yeah i'll also point out a lot of times you'll, you'll just get the feeling something's just a little bit dodgy and you'll feel like you're you're being ridiculous about it, but I've, I've been in enough situations where I have said yes and situations were dodgy and they got super duper dodgy and then you got to get yeah. out and that that's not fun. It, it's bad enough when you're in your twenties, but when you're in your forties, 
it's just yeah. it's hard to recover from that. So I, I would I would lean towards if you have any intuition that something's a bad idea at all, probably saying no is yeah. Is when you sense something is saying. wrong, I mean, it could be that you are asked to do something outside the normal routine. You're like, I'm not comfortable with this, or that you know for for sure is not moral or maybe even illegal. Uh, it's best to say no and get yourself away from the situation. Another thing to get away from is the perennial favorite of uh, boundary pushers, and that is guilt trips and pressure to try to get you to do something. Um, when people do that, yeah. the answer is no. A lot of times people say yes to something because they feel obligated or kind of a sense of duty, um, or they're trying to avoid feeling guilty for saying no. Uh, this may come from others manipulating them or from an internal sense of obligation or fear of disappointing others. Yeah, and you really have to stop caving to the guilt trip, which means that you first need to know that you are being manipulated. Like Once you figure that out, it's a lot easier because it'll probably make you mad how often it happens. And that starts with being mindful and aware of your own emotions and how you feel about a situation. It also helps to know what actually motivates you to do things. Um, and we happen to have some useful episodes on that coming out through the entirety of this year. Yeah, that's one of the benefits, the things you gain from our Enneagram episodes is, you know, go and take the test. There's a link to it on those episodes and find out your type and learn what motivates you because you you may be surprised most people that I know who have taken it will go, yeah, that makes sense. And I never really thought about it that way, but yep, that's right. <laughs> it's funny how it works. When you start noticing that you're feeling guilty or obligated to do something, stop and take note. Like don't don't respond, don't don't default. Yes, just stop and think about it. Determine if you're being manipulated by someone else or your own sense of obligation. Yeah, and it's also important to look for a reason why you're saying yes, uh, and that reason needs to be legitimate. Uh, you know, if it's something important, you know, hey, come with me to my grandmother's funeral, and it's like your spouse, you probably ought to show up. Just, you know, going to throw that out there. I hope everybody knows that. You know, it, it also matters if you care for the person that's asking you to do something. So you might be in a situation where... You know, they're asking you something silly, but they don't do it often and you care about them and you think that it's probably something else pushing them to ask or so, you yeah, or it's a matter of you trust them and, you know, you know, OK, this this seems odd, but I, I trust them and I know they're not going to lead me astray. They're not going to have me do something illegal or immoral or something like that. The thing is, you may still say yes, but do it for the right reasons, not a sense of guilt or obligation. So the next time that you may say no or a time that you're going to like know when to say no is you have too much on your plate already. This is the I'm just too busy. Yeah, it really should be simple. But a lot of us fall into the trap of overloading our schedules and then trying to fit something else into something that's already full. You do it. I do it. Uh, it's it's something that both of us struggle with. It seems to alternate who struggles with it more. That's true. Because it's like one of us will get completely burned by it and they get out and they're good for like another six, eight months while the other one just overschedules. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the stupidest dynamic I've ever seen. But we it's like a ping pong game that's gone since we were in college. So it's probably not getting <laughs> any better. So one of the pitfalls of remote work is that while it is from home, a lot of people who aren't working remotely forget that the key word in the phrase is work. You know, right. they 
They will ask you for favors or uh, help right in the middle of your workday. And saying yes may cause your work to suffer or you to miss important calls, things like that. Uh, for example, yesterday I was stuck on something and was like just you know going at it. And Amanda called me uh, around 4.30, which is normally when I, I end my day. And I answered. And I was like, hey, can I call you back in a few minutes? I just want to I'm finishing this up for work. And she's like, I thought your workday ended at 4.30. I'm like, most times it does, but you know, I got, I got stuck on something and I'm like, I'm so close to a a resolution. I just want to finish this up. And she was respectful of that and was like, all right, call me when you're done. Yeah. This was actually something I had to cover in my book, um, which is really, really strange. You, when you write all that stuff out and you go, Hey, people will show up in the middle of the day and want to talk to you about your roof. It's like, dude, I'm I'm working. Like everybody's working from home. Why are you knocking on doors in the middle of the day? You know, first of all, I don't want to bring you into my house. Like if we're at the point where we've got to have like a lockdown, you don't need to be bugging me right now. I mean, I understand they got to make a living, but it, it it's very difficult to deal with. And you'll also deal with other people in your life that don't seem to understand that, you know, in a remote work situation that you cannot just drop everything and go deal with some random thing at a random time. The, the whole boundary issue is, is something I covered quite a bit. And it was very, very amusing to me about two or three months into COVID where there were all these articles coming out about how people need to have better boundaries working from home. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, funny that you should mention that by my book. (laughs) Um, But you know, the, the thing is, is the other side of it is besides those distractions, you'll also have bosses who, or coworkers, it's more commonly coworkers than it is bosses who don't get that. Like when I'm past the end of my day, I'm done. And I've had to kind of, I've pushed back on this a little bit at work, although we don't have a culture of overwork, but I do. And so like, I'll stay on and, you know, uh, like doing dumb crap, like, okay, I'm watching the errors channel or I'm, you know, looking into PRs and stuff like that. Like it's nothing like really critical that requires me and I'll stay late. and. That's been something I've had to push back on for myself and go, no, the day's over. I'm done. I sign yeah. out. Well, that's that's why Amanda was um, was so surprised that I was still working when she called is because I when I first started working remote, it, it was nothing for me to, you know, work till 6 p.m., go eat dinner and then come back and work, you know, keep working until 10 or 11 every night because, you know, I was just I'm knocking stuff out. And you remember it, it ate away at my personal life. I wasn't able to to go out or do anything because I was just like, like, I got to work. I got to work. And I eventually had to set boundaries. So when Amanda and I first met, I had already established those like pretty solid boundaries. Like this is work time. This is like, I'm focused on work. I don't let other things distract me. This is not work time. I'm not like, I'm not going to be, you know, pulled into anything with work. Um, and so that's why she was surprised that I was still working. I was like, yeah, sometimes I do push it a little bit and like, you know, I'll I'll start a little late tomorrow or something. You know, I'll balance it out. But, you know, you guys this happens to to y'all too and I know it happens to Will where you get going on something and it hits the end of your day and you're like, I don't want to like I don't want to stop halfway through this. I want to finish this process out. Something that you thought, yeah, or you figure something out yeah. at 2 in the morning. That's what wrecks yeah. me. Is I'll wake up and it's like, all right, I'm going to I know exactly how to fix this. I'm going to yeah. kill it. Yeah. But guys, cramming more into your schedule means that you suffer or lose something. We, you know, we've talked about that, you know, it's a zero sum game here. You have a finite amount of time and you may lose sleep. It may be downtime or it could be the, like the guy Will was talking about time with family or, or friends or just, you know, it, it's recharge is more than just being like sleeping or being alone. Some of us recharge by being around people and we need that. 
especially in an unstructured way. That's something that I've I've come to learn personally. A little side note here is I'm an extrovert. I recharge around people, but I recharge I own like I can charge recharge when I'm around people in a structured thing, like you know, at church when I'm serving and stuff like that. But I get more when it's unstructured, when I'm like when I'm there and I'm not serving or when I'm just like, oh, hey, we're going to go grab a bite to eat after church. That's what recharges me is like being around those people. Without this, we have this thing to do, you know. And it drains me less yeah. as an introvert. That makes sense. In those circumstances as well, too. So it, like a schedule will really put the hurt on you. So the final time when you want to say no that we're going to talk about is when the idea of saying yes does not excite, you know, there may not be an obvious reason to say no to something. We've talked about several before, um, other than you just don't want to, or you're not excited about it. A couple of years ago, pre-COVID, obviously, uh, at church, we have a serve day. And I got a call from our children's pastor asking me if I would dress up as one of the clowns for serve day. Um, Knowing my personality, she thought, hey, you know, BJ is like bouncy all over the place. He'd be a great clown. I don't really like clowns. I guess I was too much of a Batman fan. I see a clown. I just want to punch him in the face. I don't know. It's just me. Um, but uh, we're going to get attacked. We have a, a developer launch pad yeah. meeting now. <laughs> Some random clown come in and hit you. <laughs> I mean, I don't, but like, I don't know. It's just, it, it was either that or that, um, I don't know. Did you have the, the little punching bag that would like fall down and back up? It was a clown. You, yeah. I don't know if it, it was one of those two or growing up with like it and what was the the serial killer guy? Um, John Wayne Gacy dresses like beware of clowns. Yeah. Well, we didn't grow well, up. No, but you know, growing up in but, that era is what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, without, that, that was yeah. a fear. And so like, you know, it's just clowns are not a happy thing for me. They're like a fight and protect others from them. So anyway, they they asked, she asked me, and I was like, um, okay, if if that's what you need me to do. And she's like, well, think about it for a little bit. And then it was like maybe 10 minutes later, I get a text from her that says, hey, we're going to have someone else be the clown. Um, you weren't excited about it. And you're excited every time we ask you to do something. So that says to me that you don't want to and you're being polite. I'm like, I'm so glad she she recognized that because they they put me as the MC yeah. and I loved it. I had so much fun doing that. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just it was not a thing. And, you know, there was no like real like good reason other than I just didn't want to. I wasn't excited about it. And I probably should have just said no from the get go. I've told them, though, because it's become a joke about me and clowns at church. So like we we use clowns in our um, mission trips and like I've told them, no, I'm not not doing the clown thing. I mean, you know, there'll be enough people to, yeah. to volunteer for that. I'll I'll do anything else you ask. You know, I'll go pick up trash all day long, but please don't ask me to be a clown. So, With oh, yeah, beard. they'd want me to, to shave. You know, beard, I would. That's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I don't, I don't even know what you'd look like with a shaved beard at this point. I, I don't, I can't visualize it. The The thing is, is like, even if there's not a, you know, a actual red flag about a request, you really can't say yes to everything, you know, because you won't have any time for yourself. Yeah. And when you start trying to really accomplish big goals, uh, you have to stay focused. You you can't, you know, you can't, you know, dive off onto every side quest. It's not like a video game where you go do all this other stuff on the side and you come back and do the main thing. It's like, it's your life. You have a certain amount of time. Um, that's yeah. it. Even with things like going out with friends or new relationships, don't settle for anything less than what excites you or moves you forward toward your goals. 
Now, for someone who's an introvert like Will, going out with friends may not excite him, but he he would do it because, you know, his goal is to be more sociable. All right, guys. So now we've hit the last section, and that is tips for saying no. The first one is once you've made your decision, stick with it. You know, don't overthink your decision to say no. This may lead to guilt or, you know, creating your own false sense of obligation if you just feel like you say no and they're like, well, I don't know about that. Maybe I shouldn't. No. You made a decision, you stick with it. Yeah, and once you've decided to say no, go ahead and do it. Waiting will allow your mind to overanalyze things and imagine worst-case scenarios that are never going to happen. Make the decision, move on. The vast majority of the time, the other person is going to respect your boundaries and your decision, whether they understand your reasons or not. Uh, in cases where they don't and you say no and then you say yes, guess what? You yeah. just train them. Actually, um, in cases where they don't respect your decision and they keep pressuring you, it's better to get away from them before you've made the commitment. Like, you know, stick with that no. You've said no. They start pressuring you. It's best to just be like, you know what? You don't you don't respect me. I'm going to get away from this. There was a book I read, and I'm trying to remember where I read this, where you know, they're kind of talking about how criminals will often use people's reluctance to say no to talk them into things. Um, you know, at a level where like, oh, it would be rude if I, you know, just brush this person off and make them go away. And so you'll be polite until the trap springs, basically. And you need to definitely be aware of that. There's also people that are not criminals that are still uh, very, very manipulative. I've I've worked in environments where, you know, somebody was like, hey, I'll work for, you know, 80 bucks an hour. And, you know, the company owner goes, well, you know, how about how about 70? And they'll kind of hem and haul on it. Like, you know, I understand there's some degree of negotiation that happens, but I've also seen those people that came in at 80, the business owner suggested 70 and six months later, they're working for six. And that dog does not hunt. You, you cannot allow that to happen. And you kind of set a precedent if you, you don't set a hard line. So the next step is to keep a clear understanding of what you value and what's important in your life. You know, you may have the time and the capacity to say yes, but doing so will prevent you from something else that may be more important to you. Yeah. And this is where the whole smart goals thing comes in uh, because you need to know what your actual goals are and, you know, what decisions need to be made to get you to those goals uh, versus just kind of bouncing around and accepting whatever shows up. Yeah. Honestly, if you want to see someone's priorities, look at where they say yes, as opposed to where they say no, you know, that's going to give you a clue to what they value and what's less important to them. Someone who values their family is going to say no to uh, working extra or picking up an extra project at work so that they can spend time with their family. Someone who values moving up in the industry or moving up corporate ladder, they're going to say yes to taking on more work and more projects that are going to move that goal forward. Yeah, it's like a checkbook. It's a ultimate proof of what reality actually yeah. is. You know, when you look at somebody's check register or their calendar, you know where their priorities actually are. When saying no, you should also be polite but firm. So you don't have to, you know, whine or complain about the request or, you know, really give a whole lot of reasons why you can't do it. Whining tends to irritate everybody. Nobody likes a whiner. Uh, some people prey on whiners and pretend to like them, but they don't like them. And it it just drives a wedge between you and the other person, and it makes it less likely that they'll ever want to help you if you ask them. Yeah, it's perfectly acceptable to say, hey, I'm sorry, that's just a little too much. Um, like, I think when Will asked me to 
to look into something yesterday. I was like, we have time this evening or tomorrow to look at this. And I was like, no, I've got, you know, my, my assignment due this week and my, my project I have to get done. Maybe this weekend I can take a look at it. Well, and I also think that the way that you say no in general allowed me to go, okay, he can tell me if my approach is full of crap in the next two days. But if he doesn't, I'm just going to very, very succinctly summarize it and then go ahead with what I'm doing. And if you hadn't been able to say no in the past, that would have made that much more difficult because it would have been a, when you said no this time, it would have been something that stopped everything Mm -hmm. cold. You also want to avoid being too apologetic or the other side getting defensive when asked to do something. Uh, These are both emotional reactions to the request and not reasoned responses. You know, you're they're kind of two sides of the same coin or two ends of the same spectrum where you can get angry that the person even asked you and like, how dare you want to take over my time with that? Or you can be, I'm so, so sorry. I really wish I could, but I'm so, so sorry. Like both of them are, are not where you want to be. You want to be somewhere in the middle, really. Yeah. And the thing is, if you oscillate between apologies and anger, you'll send a message that you're, you really don't have your stuff together. Um, and it'll, it tends to train people to think that you'll change your mind about saying no, which means more pressure. Like, so if you didn't like the pressure before, you just created yeah. it. Yeah. A lot of times uh, what I've seen happen with people is they're overly apologetic and they get a little bit of pressure and they flip to this like that sets off their defenses and they get angry and then they feel guilty about getting angry so they're overly apologetic and if the people yeah and then they collapse um most of the time this happens like that kind of oscillation happens with people who aren't used to saying no and aren't comfortable with it so they go too far one way and then too far the other what you want to do is be firm yet polite in your response and stick with your initial statement of no while it may seem stressful at first over the long run this is going to lead to less stress as other will learn to respect your decisions and you'll the it's crazy the more you stand firm on that decision the more likely they are to to be less pushy the next time so the final one that is you don't have to justify yourself to anyone and this is one that i struggle with a lot because like i I don't know why i just feel like i have to explain why i'm saying no yeah i don't struggle with this one as much um i'm a little bit more capable of just being like nope yeah it's none of your business. You know, I think some of that's the uh, introvert thing is because you kind of have to learn to do that. Otherwise, people go, oh, but you just want to sit home and read a book instead of going out. And, you, and it's like, I don't have to offer you an answer. It's rare, but if somebody's using you, then they will demand an explanation of why you're declining their request. Or if they're really, really close to you and it's something really, really, really important to them, they might do that too. But especially, uh, you know, people that use you, you don't have to give them one and no. you shouldn't. Uh, generally speaking. Now, if if it's somebody like, you know, it's a spouse or a sibling or something, and it's something really important and you can't do it, they're probably going to ask you why. And that's not a boundary issue so much as it is just a, hey, within reason. Yeah, you can politely decline a request for any number of reasons, but you don't have to tell them to the other person or explain your reasoning. You can simply say, hey, I, I can't right now. I'm too busy or I've got a lot. I've got a lot going on without going into details and just leave it at that. Um, if they press, you may tell them that it doesn't fit into your schedule. You, know, you don't you don't have to spend a lot of time explaining yourself. You could just say you'd rather spend time with your family or out throwing axes with friends. I like throwing axes. It's fun. And if that isn't sufficient, then just walk away. You know, you've already said no, you can, you're done. You can walk away from the conversation. So guys, learning to say no is a valuable life skill that translates 
to the business world and development. It's important to being able to care for yourself and establish boundaries with those around you. While you're learning to say no, though, remember to respect when others say no to you. It can be frustrating, but remember to put yourself in their place and think about how you want to be treated when you say no to someone. They may be following the example that you set by saying no, and how you respond will greatly influence their future efforts to say no. A little bit of respect here um, for others' boundaries goes a long way toward better relationships at work and in your personal life. That's pretty much all we've got before we close everything out. Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? Well, I would add that you also want to train other people to say no on your behalf in certain circumstances. So for instance, let's say there's a branch of your family that you don't get along with. Uh, You might, you know, have a sibling that will cover for you and go, no, you know, he can't, he can't come or he's not going to want to come. And you may just want to do that. Uh, One other place that this happens a lot though, is in an office environment where you go to the project manager and you go, Hey, if I do this thing that you're wanting me to do, this other thing isn't going to get done. Which one are you saying no to? And put other people in the position to actually say no versus putting them in a position where they think they can say yes to everything and there's no consequences. Because when you do that, it actually forces them to find the things that are valuable and work on those versus, you know, oh, we can do all of it. Uh, Products that are made for everybody really don't work well for anybody. Um, And so this is kind of your way to enforce that from the bottom up in some respects. So I guess that pretty much is all I got. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Standby for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash completedeveloperpodcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod, like our page on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.